Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates. America competes. The first week of July, the pro-Trump social media site Getter went live. A few weeks later, Trump himself is not on it. But something else is. Extremism, ranging from white supremacists to supporters of ISIS. So this was pretty rough, I mean, personally, because I didn't expect to see beheading videos uh, in my job. I'm a tech reporter, uh, and so that was pretty rough. That's Mark Scott, Politico's chief technology correspondent, who spent the last month figuring out what was happening on the new right-wing site. And what he found was pretty shocking. Islamic State's looking to take advantage of a pro-Trump social network to peddle some pretty heinous stuff, including beheading videos. And because this social network has limited oversight of what's going on, purely because it has a free speech ethos, they failed in their task of making sure this stuff didn't spread online. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Mark Scott on how a pro-Trump platform became a haven for extremist content. In TechWatch, former Trump spokesman Jason Miller has launched a new social media platform, Getter. And if that sounds a bit like Twitter, it's supposed to, because it also looks identical to Twitter and basically is designed to be Twitter, but for a specific sort of person. The uh, social network Getter has been around for about a month, and it was started by a variety of former Trump aides looking to create a place online for the MAGA movement that was away from Facebook and Twitter. Statement: They say that this social media platform is dedicated to fighting cancel culture, promoting common sense, defending free speech, challenging social media monopolies, and creating a true marketplace of ideas, which differentiates itself. The issue being that they perceive these big tech companies as censoring both themselves and the former President Donald Trump. Twitter suspended several accounts for promoting statements from former U.S. President Donald Trump's blog this week and helping to evade the ban on his account. Before the ban, Trump had more than 88 million followers. Twitter booted him from the platform after the deadly siege on the U.S. Capitol by Trump supporters in January. And therefore, Getter was an alternative set up in July 1st to offer that community um, a place to go and, and frankly replicate what they could do on Twitter and Facebook. So we're now a month from the launch of Getter. Former President Trump is not on it, but this was the most high-profile pro-Trump platform launch. Stephen Miller was behind it. It was partially funded by a business partner of Steve Bannon, the former Trump advisor. And as you noted, it's supposed to be this quote-unquote free speech alternative to Facebook and Twitter. How is that actually playing out? Are Trump supporters flocking to this? So before um, we ca- I come on air, I actually did some of the numbers to see how it's doing in, in the app stores. And it's, and it's relatively doing well, but it's not by any means taking over Facebook or Twitter. So you've got people like Sean Hannity and Mike Pompeo posting regularly, as well as the Epoch Times, Newsmax, etc. But I would say it's more for the hardcore MAGA supporter versus sort of the, the mid- middle of the road Republican who dabbles in MAGA content. That hasn't happened. So it's not by any means the new Facebook, the new Twitter. It's a a relatively high-profile niche social network specifically aimed at the diehards within the MAGA movement. 
I want to talk about your reporting on sort of the underbelly of what's going on on Getter, because you said it's specifically aimed at the diehards within the MAGA movement. But you have this new story for Politico about how it's awash with extremist content, mostly from the right wing, including promotion of white supremacist groups, but then also with terrorist propaganda. You wrote that days after Getter was launched, ISIS supporters began urging their followers to sign up. Um... You spent the past 30 days looking through some of this content being posted on the site. What did you see? So this was pretty rough, I mean, personally, because I didn't expect to see beheading videos uh, in my job. I'm a tech reporter, uh, and so that was pretty rough. Uh, There is a lot of uh, Syrian war footage, uh, bombings. Uh, Mostly this is in Arabic, but you do get it in English and other Western European languages like French as well. Um, A lot of this is promotion from the fanboys of ISIS. It's hard to tell if this is coming directly from Islamic State versus people looking to sort of jump on the bandwagon. And this content is mostly being uploaded elsewhere and then shared on Getter. So, um, as I said, that that is everything from beheading videos. There's a a meme going around with an Islamic State militant executing Donald Trump, who was wearing some sort of orange jumpsuit like they wore in Guantanamo Bay. That got a a lot of traction um, within this community on Ghetto as well. And a lot of, look how great Islamic State's doing, you should join too. So a lot of that sort of mainstay propaganda was out there. What has Ghetto done or is, is the platform doing in response to this? So in the terms of service, they make specific reference to they will take down or have the right to take down any content they like. And they specifically name check beheading videos, which is quite nice. Mm. Um, Getter does not want this on there. Uh, They initially refused to uh, comment on our story. And then subsequently, when it was published, they came back with a a post saying that they are looking to take down this this stuff down. Um, No one wants this on any social network. This is not misinformation. This isn't political speech. This is outright extremism. Uh, and defined by United Nations Convention and, and international norms around definitions of what is an extremist uh, movement. And I think anyone on the left or right of politics would suggest that Islamic State is an extremist and jihadi movement. It's hard to say that is, you know, controversial. And so I think Geta has just been found out with, with a lack of content moderation versus them specifically looking to promote this. No one is saying that, nor do I think they are doing that. It's just a fact that it's a new social network. It's been around for a month. The Islamic State movement saw this as as an opportunity to proliferate their quite heinous content, and they took took advantage of Ghetto. And now Ghetto needs to respond to that. You mentioned earlier how the free speech ethos of Getter has kind of played into this situation when it comes to a lack of moderation of content on the site. Do you think in this situation we're seeing free speech as a shield for dangerous speech and extreme content? Sure. So, I mean, the couple of caveats there. So I would suggest that, you know, all social media platforms would think they're free speech sites, right? Because they're there to communicate. So it's not a get, getter does not have the monopoly on that, that concept. And nor do I want to suggest that all ghetto users are extremists because that is by no means the, the case. Right? So we do see along with the ISIS and Islamic State uh, videos and content content up there. There is um, references to the Proud Boys, white supremacist movement. Uh, there's a lot of anti-Semitic and anti-Islam uh, content up there. But it, again, it's it's all anecdotal because da- uh, Getter does not provide sort of hardcore data access to do, to do some good data crunching. So you have to kind of go by what you see. And it's always anecdotal. So 
it, it's not the nicest place online, but again, neither is Facebook and Twitter in certain places. It's just a question of because they have this free speech ethos, a lot of the more heinous content per the ISIS content that, that we found, that gets through the net easier because they don't have the content moderation rules and regulations and, and people in place to really go after that stuff. Hmm. So as you reported, the terrorist propaganda on Getter, while it's there, is just a fraction of the right-wing content on there. And looking back at the January 6th insurrection earlier this year, some of the planning for that happened on right-wing fringe corners of the internet. I mean, given some of the problems with moderation here, is there a concern that we could see Getter allow for communication and planning around dangerous actions eventually? It's definitely a fear. Um, I don't overplay it because it's too easy to jump to the conclusion that, you know, any type of insurrection will be now planned on Getter, which is, I have no evidence of that. What is interesting, looking at Getter's terms of service, they specifically have a liability clause in there, which they cannot be held liable for any real world activity that is done mm. or coordinated on, on the platform. So as much as I take their word for it, they do not want to to promote that. It's interesting they have a clause in their terms of service that specifically limit their liability if if and when that does happen on the site. And what we can see when you look at some of the specific hashtags around the the Proud Boys uh, movement, which is on there, and it's quite prolific on there, there is some offline coordination being done in terms of we should meet up here to protest this, or you know, have you seen that politician doing that? That is happening. But it is by no means at the January 6th level of coordination yet. I'm just curious, at the end of the day, how different is this whole situation from what we've seen on other social media platforms? I mean, we're talking about Getter and extreme content on it, but obviously Twitter and Facebook have dealt with their own fair share of issues with this. What sets this apart? I mean, Getter would not like me saying this, but it's exactly the same. They are a Facebook, they are a Twitter. Right? Mm. Every, every social network at some point has to come to the point in terms of there is stuff on here that we do not like that is either illegal or breaks international or national norms like Islamic State content, and we need to act. And so I would say that Getter is at the beginning of that process in terms of figuring out how to police this heinous content, just as Facebook, even in 2016, uh, if not before, was similarly looking to figure out a way to um, monitor this. And you could suggest that the the Christchurch attack uh, against the, the mosques in New Zealand, which led to sort of a re-upping of white supremacist content and reduction of that purely because the, the man who conducted the, that attack live-streamed it on Facebook, um, that has led to a, a broadening of definitions and of what is not allowed in terms of extreme content. It's very easy to say Islamic saint is bad. It's harder and more politicized to say white supremacy is bad because as much as it's not a, an ethos that I believe in, it's there, there is some a gray area in terms of what is political speech and what is hate speech. And, and that's tough, sometimes tough to figure out. What Getter needs to do now, as Twitter, Facebook, YouTube have done and frankly still struggle to do, is to determine where that line is. And that's easier with Islamic State material than it is with white supremacy, mostly because unfortunately that also blends into some of the right wing movement that we have now in the country. Mark, Scott, thanks so much for talking with me. Happy to do it. Also today, 
The head of Florida's largest hospital association is warning that the skyrocketing number of COVID hospitalizations in the state is unlike anything Florida has seen before. But the administration of Governor Ron DeSantis is still downplaying the spike. Florida now makes up roughly one in five new cases nationally. And on Sunday, the Florida Hospital Association reported more than 10,000 COVID hospitalizations, the most statewide during any point in the pandemic. About 95% of those hospitalized are unvaccinated. Public health officials and local leaders have pressed the DeSantis administration to take more drastic steps to get the virus under control. But DeSantis has maintained a strict no-mandate approach to the virus, including touting an executive order last week prohibiting school districts from requiring masks in K-12 facilities. And... We're almost a month late, but the U.S. has finally hit the Biden administration's goal of administering at least one coronavirus vaccine dose to 70 percent of American adults. A White House COVID expert announced the milestone on Monday, along with new data showing that the seven-day average of newly vaccinated people in the country is at its highest point since July 4th. Vaccination rates have climbed in recent days, which is some welcome news as the highly contagious Delta variant continues to spread. Today's episode included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts, and also check out some of our other shows, like Politico Energy and Playbook Deep Dive. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.